Yeah, Kylo should be in every triple silencer list. Like you can put the, the other two can be whoever you want. There's better picks than others, but like I'm not saying the two first order test pilots is bad. It's just probably not the best. Um, the two best ones you can put in there. Hello, welcome back to Michigan's own Bestman Benchwarmers podcast. I'm your host, Alex Merrill, and here today, as is the usual, is Matt Corser. Hello, hello. And, uh, of course, Mr. Cody Wood. I'm back from the dead. <laughs> um, today's topic, uh, we want to talk about the importance of uh, time on target, especially when compared to the top medalists that we've been seeing so far this year. And uh, to give our little own personal opinion on uh, Vader Defender, maybe do a little list building around that. To be fair, it is really easy to list build um, Vader Defender when he's 115 points. Yeah, I mean, you get yep. one or two other ships. <laughs> hey, you can get three Barons, okay? Uh, uh. Anyways, time on target. Super important. I mean, we brought it up in a couple other episodes. But I wanted to do it like a deep dive into it just because it's very prevalent right now. Uh, time on target, obviously, you know, is your your ship's ability to stay on target, to use a Star Wars quote. You know, just to maintain uh, your uh, consistent firing arcs on ships, that's obviously very important. The more shots you have against the enemy, the more likely they're going to die more high quality shots because you can take pot shots all day and it won't really mean much well sometimes pot shot means much and one shot's better than no shots yeah so as long as you aren't screwing up your positioning for it yeah well no one knows how to position an x-wing not in this game <laughs> but uh it, it kind of goes back to for more like card playing terms tempo again i believe just the sheer volume of shots eventually something will actually hit and if your opponent's not shooting you or if they're getting poor quality shots back that's the uh best way to do it and then to add to that like you're saying tempo if you're putting constant pressure on your opponent by constantly having shots then you're making it harder for them to make decisions and they're going to be making mistakes quicker or make worse mistakes so it's definitely nice to keep pressure up for sure. So I have here, you know, what, you know, seven categories or so of what constitutes just having a really high time on target. First one, pretty straightforward, right? Just having multiple firing arcs. A lot of ships have that right now, actually. Obviously, the more firing arcs you have, the more uh, you know, shots you're going to get. But the important part is that it allows you to disengage while still actively shooting at your opponent. And I think that's a big factor in certain medalists right now where people don't realize that uh, you can disengage and still win the game and shoot at people. I mean, you see that a lot in like Django Zam right now. Yeah. I mean, not sacrificing position for shots is, you know, the best thing you can do in this game, essentially. Rotating arcs are, are roughly the same. 
uh, is a little bit more flexible than fixed double arcs, but also costs an action to rotate it. So you don't have as much tempo, but you have much more consistency. And you see it a lot where people say, I'm going to go back to the fire space because Zam is probably the best ship in the game right now. And you're going to see it all over the meta. Um, they say the fire space is basically like a turret. And that's a lot to do, A, because you do have front arc, rear arc, but also the boost. So you can constantly readjust it at a high PS, sort of like a turret. Yeah, and the one, ar one arts too really uh, significantly help with that. But also, um, like side arcs, um, like large base side arcs, like Han or Dash or something, also are just, they can toilet bowl, which is not what most ships can still do is maintain pressure while spinning. Except for maybe baby Anakin. Do a barrel roll. <laughs> uh, the second one, time on target. Um, I, I called it like extended firing arcs. So you get like the, the YV, the Ozatok, the HMPs, just the 180 degree arcs. They're fixed and they're not like covering like forward back. But they're also super wide, and I hate flying against them as Jedi because it sucks. It's really annoying to arc dodge. I mean, that's the thing. Like, you aren't going to typically arc dodge, so you have to make sure that you're just giving up low quality shots to them. And what's the missile that now gives you the two die? The multi missile pods? Yeah. Like, it now has more access to other ships because I think the K Wing can take it. Punisher can take it. The bombers can take it. And I don't know if anything, nothing in Scum can take it. Nobody likes Scum. Aki Magila could take it. Maybe. Uh, you need two missile slots, I believe. Uh, you do need two missile slots. And they took that away from the Aki Magila. Did it have two, did it have two missile slots in, in one point? Oh, yeah, I believe. If I'm wrong, Joe could just edit it right out. No one will ever know. He'll be fine. <laughs> Who's Joe? Um, no, I like, like, you see a lot more ships right now that will have, like, a bullseye arc and something else, like the Nantax or the Actus or something. And if it's just something like the Nantax, where it's just solely the bullseye arc, you know, I have arc dodge people by also jousting them, which is kind of silly. So that is actually something that's really underrated, is during setup, if they set up before you, if you set up in between, like, not in his bullseye, but in his front arc, he can't barrel roll to get bullseye. He has to do some funky one bank, three bank barrel roll to actually get the bullseye on that. Or and intentionally like block one of his own ships into like a jank angle or something like that. It's really inconvenient. Well, if you have the bullseye, the correct angle is still the 22.5 degrees. It just it messes with so many people's like flying because you can't just go down the board. Now you have to bank around the board and all that. Yeah, I like that. You know, some ships that just have the the bullseye, the other ones just have the giant 180 arcs. I mean, especially like large base ships where their arcs are already really big. Like the YV could just basically hit half the things on the board. But that's why it's not really maneuverable. That's kind of the whole point. But uh, you get um, like the Lancer with the front three die and the two, rota two rotating turret. 
Granted, most people don't do that because they're using the title, but that covers just a huge area. You also have the Resistance Bomber in that with its 270-degree <laughs> arc. Go, did you listen to our last episode, man? No one plays that. <laughs> I, it, it's there. Eventually, it'll get a points drop, and I hope nobody not. will be happy. There'll be like three people that we know that will be happy, and everyone else will forget that as we go to ship again. I just realized that the difference between all of the uh, Star Fortresses is five points. Because they are not going to drop that to uh, 50 points, are they? No. Do you want to go against four 12 health ships with 270 degree arcs? That doesn't sound like fun. That would actually be pretty annoying and engaging. Yeah, we can run four scum falcons, why not? Because they don't have three die for an arcs. But they're better. <laughs> Honestly, I think four Cobalts would just, like, tear apart anything it runs into. Regardless. <laughs> um, here's another super important one you see a lot now, um, is having, one, like, a really good dial. Um, but just mostly, like, the easy blue turns. You see that on, like, the, the V1s and Interceptor-style ships. The BAs have the blue one hard. Yeah, yeah. the blue one hard's pretty clutch. I mean, it you keep things tighter with the ones, especially the ones. I just say, I mean, you keep it pretty tight with the twos, but especially the ones, because that is just so little movement for your ship that you can chase people down rather effectively. Yeah, keep engaging, knife fighting effectively. Yeah, and I know they don't technically have a blue one hard. But I'm going to throw the Aether Sprite in there, too. For sure. Because they have stressless uh, double actions. Uh, they don't need the blue because they aren't typically stressed. Whereas the V1s will be doing a lot of linked actions, and they need the blues. And even if they are stressed, I mean, our four Astromax, two points. Like, you've seen that a fair amount on the, uh, the Aether Sprites when they came out, just because that's... Your, your one hards are blue, your two hards are blue. Yeah, it opens like that dial up. That, that dial is absurd if it has an R2 on it. But uh, just the mere act of like having a one hard dial. I mean, we talked about it with the fire sprays, right? Like a medium and large base with hard ones is very good at actually keeping things on target. I mean, Dash has the one hards, and all he has to do is one hard barrel roll and. He's at just such a different angle and engagement since last turn that it's it's rather impressive. I was gonna say Dash's one hard barrel roll is actually almost the same spot, just facing the other way, isn't it? I think it's a little bit further. I think it's a little bit further, but still, it's uh, it's so good. I mean, even uh, like Brobots, they had the one hards. They're not blue, um, but that they're they're pretty good at keeping things on target, like a. It's so good. I mean, the, the V1s right now, just that blue one hard, especially we'll get into the literally next topic, but like just the ability to hard one barrel roll focus and then next turn do the same thing over and over again. Yep. And it's especially important for like the V1s because time and target, I feel like is more important when you have two reds because you aren't going to have as many opportunities to actually do damage to three agility. So if you can actually just keep 
poking. Eventually, dice variants will say you do damage. This is a probability game. Two die have like a 30% chance to do damage to a three green. So you need three shots to reliably do one damage. So the more shots you have, the more likely you are. Yeah, especially if they're taking like multiple shots because you have multiple one hard turning ships. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, into the next one, obviously, uh, multiple repositionings. Um, you know, especially better on high initiative. I know, Matt, you have a lot of experience with that. You love those AC style ships. Yeah, I like flying everything, but yeah, I've been mostly doing the, been flying a lot of the uh, Imperial 666 lately and just, yeah, having three ships at I 6 just move after you and just set up nice outmaneuver shots or like Vader being able to like, oh, I'm getting shot. What if I boosted right now and then barrel rolled with afterburners? Just pretty good to be able to uh, keep time on target, especially when you're moving after everybody. Yeah, I mean, and lower initiative ships, barrel rolling is pretty good um, to like maintain arc on higher initiative ships, boosting super good to change your arc. I mean, obviously having both, <laughs> which you see on quite a bit of ships, is uh, obviously better. But just linking reposition actions is super good. You see them on the um, A wings if they're uh, you know focus boosting, they're get like the rear arc's already behind them or their rear or something. Focus boost to get a shot. I mean, obviously all the interceptor style ships. I'm going to give a shout out to sensitive controls. Sensitive controls are really good to keep time on target because you literally just barrel too hard and you're like a quarter of a base to the front, uh, whatever direction you turned and facing the other direction now. So the ability just to stay like you're basically we're going to get into it shortly. You're basically a droid on a rock. You just stay in the same position. Yeah, especially like the Actus with their ability to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, yeah, having the system phase reposition is pretty clutch. Which we will get to. That is a category I have down there. <laughs> but also um, slamming, I think, is underrated. Especially with their ability to have multiple options to engage in a thing, like a two bank too hard can get around a lot of things. Well, I I don't want to say it's like underrated. I just don't think we've seen a lot of success in the meta with a lot of ex- like slamming style ships. Like things that come to my mind are fireball, um, gunboats, and K wings. And they haven't really like made a bit. I mean, they, they they do well. Like, there's lists with those components in there that do well, but they haven't been like they haven't been meta staples. Well, early on, Hatchaman was yeah making waves because of quad phantoms and stuff. But yes, yeah. I mean, inherently in Slam, you don't get to shoot right, which is why it's why it's good. But obviously, the gunboats if they have a lock, they can. The fireball can hurt itself to do so. Yeah, K-Wings K-Wings not so much, but don't have anything yet to help them out. Well, Slam also has an issue where you can't have a high initiative slamming target. Yeah. Because slam covers so much distance. If you have like a three bank three hard or just a three bank, you can't have an I five or I six with slam. You just won't be able to kill it. You have Yeager, but Yeah, you have Jerick Yeager. I think that's about the only I five that can yeah. slam. But also it's a small base, so it's a little bit less coverage than like the K Wing or something. 
Also, he's relatively cheap, so he's not really a point fortress. Also, he yeah. kills himself to shoot. Yes, but he is actually pretty cool. And he's a little bit of an underrated pilot. He can do some work. It's probably a good thing that Miranda got demoted from Initiative 8 to... I'm sorry, it was pilot skill back then. She probably she got demoted from pilot skill 8 to Initiative 4. Because at least the slamming lets you re-engage a lot faster, too. Like the you know ships that don't have turnaround, three hard slam, three hard slam gets you in. We did see that with the Black One title too. A lot of T70s would do the uh, like three straight, three talon, and then just take the ion and give a really good engage. Yeah, four straight, four K, super fun. <laughs> but I, uh, I mean, I think slamming is. There's a lot of areas still need to be uh, explored in there, but I think it's pretty cool just to do kind of two maneuvers like that. I think if it's limited, I'm okay with it. Sort of like afterburners. I am always skeptical of slam since 1.0 Miranda was um, Miranda. Man, just headbutting shifts with slam was just so much fun. You think you had a shot at me, but I don't allow you to. Then you could advance slam, drop bomb. Oh, gosh, I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Good types. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Genius I'm so happy second edition came out. Genius would work on slam, too. No scum <laughs> toy carrying slamming ships, please. It's a kind of a natural segue into the next category I have here. Um, really odd flying patterns is what I called it. Um, so you get a lot of like decloaking ships, right? Whisper, you know, the two barrel roll, essentially one hard is super good. Echo is even crazier oh, yeah. with the amount of places she can be in, especially with a collision detector, which is super good. Yep. Oh yeah. Collision detector on those phantoms oh, is just so like, it's so strong. Yeah, I can go anywhere I want whenever I want. There's a reason there's six points. <laughs> um, but also the side slips on the HMP, their, their time on target is probably the best in the game for the amount of the little amount of effort you have to put into it i love hmps i love hmps are so much fun banging on about those quad hmps man they just make they are what makes them strong is they have a lot of hole to get through it's the time on target and because of the side slip it's so difficult to approach them safely yeah, I mean, you telegraph and turn in advance, right? But you don't telegraph which way you're going. I mean, you can still go straight, but yeah. like, yeah, the sloops or the hard turns in either direction are bonkers. You cannot pin mm. them down with like one A ship. You have to send multiple ships after them. Yep. And they're yep. all pretty low initiative, so they're not getting blocked. I was going to say that, like, that you have an issue if you're against hips and you're trying to straight up joust. You probably shouldn't be straight up jousting them. They could just slide, like, if you think they're going to slide slip to the right, they could slide slip to the left. And if you sold out on any of them, now you aren't getting a shot. I don't care if you have double repositions or whatnot. The only thing is maybe extreme maneuvers because that's broken. But I mean, also, they have stops, too. So they can put on the side slip and then tell you to go after yourself by stopping. Oh, like even the one straight or any of the straights. Really. Yeah, it's it's brilliantly made ship. They're mm-hmm. so cool. Speaking of stops, stops and reverse maneuvers are incredible to get time on target. There's so many times where you could just st- 
stop and your opponent just doesn't see it coming and they either collide with you or blow past you and you just have a great shot on them. I know C- Cody keeps forgetting the Ozotox have stops. Yeah. I mean, especially if you have somebody like Kova, though. Like, if you have Kova Leia, you can actually, like, really have odd flying patterns because am I going to do the reverse or am I just going to go too straight and take the warning point cough? <laughs> I mean, the tugboats, pattern analyzers with, like, the two reverse to get people that were chasing you is super good. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I chased down a Grievous with a stopping hawk because he has to move faster than me. So eventually he'll get in front of me <laughs> while still having a, a rotating turret, right? It's really nice. So one thing about X-Wing is, generally speaking, all ships have to go forward. Like, all ships move from the location. And just having the reverse stop just, like, definitely hinders that. That's why a lot of people don't even see self-bumps. Like, when you self-bump, they're just like, Oh, oh no. Right. I mean, as you know, it's having a stop without having a stop. And that's just you're not going to get a great shot, but you're getting a shot. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, also similar to this, obviously, we mentioned a little bit earlier, but having like droids on rocks with the struts is just such an odd flying pattern that it's. I mean, they're not moving. They're a fixed point. Flying in quotations. <laughs> Don't forget Luke Gunner for time on target. That's true. <laughs> you can bring a 26-point upgrade to tell the other person that time on target doesn't matter. You mean arc dodging doesn't matter? Both. <laughs> yeah, ro- rotating on rocks, uh, especially with a control piece like Discord missiles, your just area of coverage is disgusting, and you can continue to do it. Because they have to either blow past you, so you can't 90-degree rotate. But you can still barrel roll off, so it's a little, a little bit sketchy there, too. But it, it's the engagement is kind of a pain to deal with that. Can we just imagine this real quick, though? This droid has its struts on the ground. It's walking around, and somehow it barrel rolls off this rock, and instead of just, like, flying away, it now just, like... Does a maneuver and then it finally opens its wings to its flying. Yeah, the next swing is George Lucas originally intended, you know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the next one we touched on briefly. Um, I have system phase and activation phase shenanigans. We were talking about the Actus and the ability to uh barrel roll during the system phase. Some of the new configs, although verdict's still out on those, allows you to go on system phase um rotate your turret for the a-wings or something or boost or barrel roll depending on the configs uh, something that's not in your notes uh is supernatural reflexes and precog reflexes which are sort of the ship's activation which means you have perfect information usually if it's on like a vader or a lot of times kylo and kylo can actually link off of his uh uh, action that he does with the yeah yep yep i mean that's what made vader so scary was i6 and then being able to vader off of the supernatural reflexes yeah, i6 12 I point supernatural yep. reflexes barrel roll 
spend a tar- spend a force to target lock and then you know k turn i'm still engaging so good um actually uh, advanced sensors like you see that a lot on guri um in the same vein allows you potentially to reposition to do something especially guri i mean just the bendy barrel roll one heart is disgusting yep. or sense sense also can help you keep time on target if you know exactly where your opponent's going to be set up a block well, to set your other guys up to get a shot yeah you're cheating essentially i mean there's but. a whole uh set of like lets you see your opponent's dials but cassian crew snoke Daredevil um, with advanced sensors like on defenders or on rick alley or any of the uh naboos also can increase time on target or yeah i mean anything with uh daredevil or extreme maneuvers right it's just being able to adjust even further or essentially preemptively taking a one hard turn before you uh before the turn's even done you know but uh another thing that i liked is like snapshot and foresight you know they they have things in the activation phase and that allows you to catch things that might arc dodge you so you actually still have a shot um obviously you see it a lot on um inquisitors right now the foresight snapshot you know super good especially like tarani you know Mm mm-hmm yeah, we're going to talk about foresight in a little bit more in depth with a certain list. But allows you to maintain um, some sort of pressure, even if maybe they're like five straighting directly past you and they're going to boost past you or something. I mean, do you see Snapshot in a lot besides Tarani? Or do you see the main... When it sheet? first came out, you kind of saw it a lot more. It's not being played nearly as much as it used to be. I was I was trying snapshot out with those uh with the Shadow Squadron V wings. I flew I flew that list for a minute. That sounds expensive. It was expensive. This was when I was like doing oh, and I was only flying the V wings and doing a lot of testing with them. When I've seen people try to attempt like um, snapshot A wings, only if you have snap juke free cack shots. <laughs> It's just like 13 uh, points of upgrades. It's like half normally, the ship's cost. <laughs> you'd probably only see snapshot on. Things that get the third dice on them. Sabak's so a big one that comes to mind. And like Seavor, because who doesn't love to jam? Jam right in the action f- the activation phase is so silly. I do think jamming in the activation phase is less strong than jamming other times, though. Because now your opponent doesn't have a choice. Like, I'm just going to reposition. Which a lot of times was probably the right call anyways. So you dodge more arcs instead of just taking the focus token and going man mode. It'd be interesting to see if snapshot went down, but I'm not sure if I want to play a game where snapshots like four or five points. Cause that'd just be stapled to whatever has a, a slot for it. Like when the Antex won the prime, there were some five ship uh, snap Antex list. And that and was just, annoying. if you output enough red dice, eventually something will die. You can actually use the snapshot as a regular attack, too, as we see a lot with Foresight. You don't really see it with snapshot, but that's because most things have a Fernock that have snapshot. Also, not a maneuver, but during activation phase, you can tractor things with, like, tugboats. And that's super good at keeping things on target when you just put them on rocks and they can't reposition or something. Or if you push them... Um, I mean, I've done this before, unfortunately. Uh, you push them further and they do something like a 5K turn and now they're off the board. Doesn't that actually ruin your time on target? 
Well, you have no more targets, so <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any time anyways. No, but I just uh, being able to track or beam something, um, you know, during activation just messes with people. And if you barrel roll the right direction, you call which turn they're doing messes them up. Or if you're like a Lancer and you put them on a rock last engagement phase, they're just SOL on a lot of things they can do. If we're talking about tractor in the activation phase, I can't believe that every single tugboat costs the same quad jumper. I mean, the higher you go up, the worse the ship ability gets. <sighs> yep. I mean, it's not like Sarko Plank's going to just run through people doing three banks. Uh, so it's not with that. Sometimes you don't even have to. Sometimes it's just the threat of a tractor will make people do poorly. I know there's been multiple times where I just like run up there. I tractor somebody, don't reposition them. And now they go onto a rock because they're like, oh, I expect you to just put me on the rock. I was like, nah. Yeah, no. I've done that a fair amount of times, too. Mm-hmm. Although it's a little bit less good now that you can rotate 90 degrees, so you might actually screw yourself. Um, you depending on what maneuver they chose. But it's still an important thing, just the ability to mess with someone's dial. I mean, I guess you have Cassie and crew as well to see their dial guess it correctly and change your own thing if you really want an obscure example for activation phase time on target i mean leia can have sense and cassian i do whatever i want yeah i mean there's a couple of things that uh, people tried it with ghost canaan for a bit to try to do the sense cassian crew but leia's probably the best target now because that was really janky so, what are the best like dial searches? Since obviously, then you have what Vi, Cassian, and uh, Informant Smoke, and the I five uh, Tri Fighter. Tri Fighter. Yep. Don't forget. <laughs> I did. Yeah, I mean, thankfully it's no uh, Boshek or something, right? From first edition. What did Boshek do? Just really janky things. If you like call their dial, you can rotate it to the next maneuver over, remember? Oh, yeah. The last one I have on here is having upgrades that allow you to like re-engage quickly. Um, mostly just like the Leia's. Both of them allow you to, you know, turn their red maneuvers into white maneuvers so you actually get quality shots and actions. Defenders with their white 4K. I mean, any ability to turn around your ship that's white is great for time on target. Or purple. Don't forget those talent rolls. That's true. You do have purple talent rolls. And those are quality, too. And so a lot of ships can turn around, but it's the white ones, so you still get your actions. So you have a yeah. quality shot that matters a lot. I'll also say having the short... Talon rolls or K-turns is a lot better than the longer K-turns and Talon rolls just because you're moving less far away from the opponent's ships. Like a B-Wings, one Talon is amazing for time on target. Whereas like the 4K, now you're far away, which can be good, can be bad. Like if there's ships in the way, now a B-Wing can't turn around. So yeah. 
I mean, Vedvoslo can do real tight talon roll if need be, or a tight turnaround. Mm-hmm. Everyone's favorite tie advance. The only tie advance pilot I know. Clearly. Because Vader is uh, in a defender now and it doesn't exist in the X1. Nope. We should put Merrick Steele in a defender. <laughs> Just like in first edition. I wouldn't be upset. I wouldn't either. I wasn't being ironic. But no, then I'll live longer and then... Then I will only fly him because I think it'd just be hilarious to just blow through crits. I, he's he's one of those weird pilots for me that I've like I've, I always want to see like Merrick Steele do well, but I just yeah he's just I always want like yeah I want to fly Merrick Steele I want to fly Merrick Steele and then I like look at him I'm like uh, yeah no I'm not gonna fly him. You need like a palp shuttle that's coordinating him. Yeah, he, need, he needs he needs some help, but I mean I, I think he's got a pretty cool ability, but. Yeah, that, that that is not what we're talking about today. And you know what we got instead of Merrick Steel and a Defender? We got a ship that can pull a damage from another ship for an ion. Yeah, that guy. I not pull damage, cancel just, damage. I'll cancel. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a big difference. My super, let's, let's ionize my super expensive ship and not get a free evade. I mean, it is what it is, right? You can still get coordinated and evade after you move. <laughs> Anyways, main topic of this, right? Why are we talking about all these kind of higher concepts of time on target, right? And that's just because you see it in pretty much every medalist. So another thing for time on target is actually like slower maneuvers, though. That Like the IM maneuver just made me think, like defenders don't actually have one straights. <laughs> But the slow maneuvers, just because you don't have to, you don't overshoot the enemy as fast, will be better. Like, why do rebels always one straight? Yeah, slower maneuvers are much better for lower initiative pilots to maintain time on target, mm-hmm. for sure. Oh, I, one thing we did not talk about with time on target is TIE SFs with passive sensors and missiles. That's true. I mean, they can rotate their turret after doing the passive sensor, after they get the lock or calculate to, well, not to calculate, but after they get the lock to be able to shoot the missiles. Perfect information, perfect information. And, you know, they're tanky ships, so they're probably going to survive the initial pass and they'll go behind you and then do their thing. I mean, it's the same thing with the RZ2s, right? Just having a rotatable arc really helps with the time on target. I mean, Kananikin too, right? With the, the pre-barrel roll maneuver is very useful for that. The A-Wings were the original best time on target, too. Like, when they came out, everybody's like, oh my gosh, the time on target. You know when I had better time on target than Greer? Yep. Just very good. Uh, but anyways, on to the uh, medalists here, right? We're seeing a lot of uh, rather successful lists that deal a lot of time on target. I mean, double fire sprays, right? We talked about them a little bit earlier, but just, again, the ability to disengage while also still shooting is just so critical. It's not even that they can still shoot. It's like a lot of ships have drawbacks from the rear arc, but they still get their three reds. Yeah, it's not like the actual arc arc, where it's three yeah. in the front, two in the back, or the lambda. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the the fact that they're able to yeah have the same 
damage output from the rear as they do from the front makes them huge. Cause they, yeah, like, like you said, they can just fly by you focus up or, Oh, you know, I can boost arc dodge you and still shoot. Like it's pretty good. Yeah. I would say the boost is probably the most important thing of that. I mean, no, the three red is the most important. The second most important is the boost action because of the arc. You can actually just, like I said, you make it a turret. You get to rotate like, Oh, well, now I have to boost, and now I have you in arc, but I also arc dodged you. Like It might not be a high-quality shot, because you probably don't have a token unless you're Zam. But or if you're Boba in range one, you know, you still get a re-roll. Who's Boba? I thought he died when they took away his crew slot. No, no. He's still in the uh, CIS faction. I was there. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, we're seeing double fire sprays doing well, much to our... Chagrin. Dismay. Yeah. Um, you know, winning tournaments every now and then. But uh, I, a lot of it is just because, one, I think people are bad at disengaging. So when people actually do disengage, it helps a lot. But, I mean, it's just the, the power of boost rear arc or even... You know, you did a one hard boost around like an asteroid, get a range one shot off some jank angle that was very difficult for most shows to pull off. And also force helps and free target locks and free dice modification. I just can't fathom how two ships are beating all these three agility swarms reliably, consistently. I, I can't. I can't. I don't know, man. I don't think there's as many three agility swarms out there as we think. Like a lot of people have migrated. I mean, they're still out there, but a lot of people have migrated more towards like the four or five ship lists. Yep. That's been done multiple times. And if we want to include five ship swarms, which I think are many swarms, not actually swarms, then it's something like 30% of Swiss at most is going to be this and the cuts probably i don't know the exact number but i think it's somewhere between 40 and 45 percent which still isn't a majority no i mean you can yeah you can match up dodge that pretty you can match up dodge 30 percent in the swiss and even if you don't like what are you going to do run into it once unless you're very Maybe unlucky yeah, yeah. Another ship that's or another list archetype that's been doing pretty well is recently that we've seen is like the Ben Thick Garvin Kyle Hera list for Rebels, which is just all sorts of focus, evade, passing. Man, Garvin and Hera together is like something that should not exist in any game. Infinite focus, baby. And then like you throw Kyle in there with Jin. So now you have infinite evades. Yep. Just about like every ship in that list has at least two evades and one focus at any given time, depending on what you need. It's perfect information. And also lay a crew. And so then you have yeah. their re-engagements are really good. You know, the U-Wing could stop and still rotate kind of like a droid. Even with Leia, you know, it's a white stop now. I mean, you lose an agility, but so still stop I, double focus. I know there's a lot of chemistry with like Benthic and all this focus sharing, but I wouldn't be surprised if 
we start seeing Benthic get replaced with other things. You do lose the Leia and like an extra focus generator, but you also get like a more power piece. I feel like you can get with as many points as they put into Benthic. All right, Benthic is actually the most expensive thing on that list, and that's really silly that he is. Mm-hmm. Because he's like what, like sixty-one points or something absurd like that. Yeah, I believe perceptive co-pilot and Leia. And Leia and yeah, it is sixty-one points. It's silly. You can get. A I mean, that goes to show you how cheap Hera and Kyle is. And I know we didn't actually talk about it either, but something else that helps with time on target is coordinates and uh, being able to pass tokens. Like we talked about the white 4K as opposed to the red 4K. What if you just had a hair to pass your focus if you needed it after you did a red 4K? And then Garvin passed it back. Yeah, I mean, you can even take off like thread tracers from Hera if you wanted to and put in uh, like the vector thruster. So now she's an I6 with a reversible turret to increase her time on target if you're not using her as much of a support piece and more as an attacking ship. Also, the hawk has the title, right? So that has two, you know, two arcs, and then Kyle capacity whenever arc he's, you know, in. So it's it's like four or five different one of these categories they were talking about, all built into one list, and doing well. And Benthic, I don't. It's why is Benthic low- doing so well? He's in dash list too. We'll get to that. I just <laughs> hurts me. A lot of focus generation. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, another popular list that's been doing well, Aliases. There's some sort of variation of that, right? Uh, Vader, I think it's Echo now because Whisper got jacked up, and Grand Inquisitor. You know, I mean, you get the janky movement from the Phantoms, the one hards from the Grand Inquisitor. You have Afterburners on there. Uh, you got Collision Detector on Echo. So now you literally have no idea wherever she's going to go brilliant you know something i noticed with two out of the three lists we've already said though they're extended so they don't actually exist (laughs) well there's a lot of extended tournaments going on right now and that's the matter right now but i mean time on target applies to both hyperspace and extended these are just prime examples of people abusing time on target mechanics to have quality shots for game winning Um, I mean, the next one's hyperspace code. Are you ready? Quad HMPs. I still love them. They're, I mean, we talked about them. They're, I mean, their time on target's absurd. Mm-hmm. And they get upgrades that, like with quad hemps, you have a lot of upgrades on those. Yeah, you got different missiles, cannons, whatever you want to get them out with. But like four of them is just such a, a huge area you can engage people in. Mm-hmm. And they're seeing success for that reason. Especially like they have time on target, but they also have quality time on target because they get free rerolls on anything that's target locked and you have probe droids. Right. So everything's target locked. And you and don't it's not like they get a negative effect like the U Wing when they use their config, right? They don't mm-hmm. lose an agility, they just do some weird movements. I mean, I, they're so fun, they're so cool. I wish I could own one in real life. Get those supply chains back, damn it. Yeah, it was tough finding the two that I got. 
I'm missing HMP and I'm missing LAT. And I love both those ships. It's it irks me. Um, Foresight Inquisitors, obviously, time on targets very good. Yep, you get the ones great in the list. Foresight. I mean, Matt, you've been using a lot of Foresight Inquisitors. Yeah, I mean it's great. Like even if even if like the thing with them is even if you don't land up the bullseye, your opponent's still thinking about it, and they're like, "Oh crap, I don't want to be in that bullseye and be getting shot by that." So like even if you're not using it, it's affecting your opponent's decision making. It allows them to make suboptimal moves, and that's how yep. you win because your opponent's bad. Yep. I know it's not on here, but the uh, Baron Procket and yeah. Tracer Swarms also another really solid list. Yeah, ruthless and disciplined. And all the Inquisitors are just to like add emphasis to like how great the time on target is with the V1. All the Inquisitors are really good and usable. And link repositions. Every every ship is pilot is a competitively viable. I think it actually has the best quality pilots per ship out of any ship in the game. I say the silencer. Maybe because Kylo pulls it up enough, but you know, fifth brother, seventh sister, Grand Inquisitor, Barons, and Inquisitors. That's that's a rough lineup. And we got Santa Jameis, Recoil, Avenger, like Rush. Hey, Avenger has his uses in swamps. Yeah, hundred twentieth on Meta Wing. <laughs> um, what actually has been kind of being flown more now. It used to be a lot more of a thing, but like Ray and two RZ twos. I mean, Ray has a lot of time on target if you use the Falcon Dital, right? The ability to sloop multiple times in a row. Corsella significantly helps with the drawback of that. But also the ability to, like, three sloop boost with a large base ship is so good. I, there's The Falcon's so fast, and because of the title, you can do the Red Force rate and boost and basically engage in round one if you really wanted to. And of course, RZ2's incredible time on target. Um, I think typically it's ZZ and Tally, just because they're all fives and they're all very good ships in their own right. But uh, Ray just brings the hammer, and it's hard—it's hard to get like to escape Ray. You have to block her to uh, keep your ship alive. Yep. Otherwise, like, she's just chasing you down. I know it's slightly offset, but I have realized with Ray, you actually sort of just want to joust her because she, if you try to ace her, unless you can reliably arc dodge, she's going to blow you up. Yeah. And yeah. like, if she has you in arc, like, you are not a happy panda. And she's an I 5 with boost on a large ship. Like, she's going to have some really good time on target. Yeah, you can't really escape her. It doesn't matter how fast your ship is. You could five straight boost and she could like three straight boost and still be at range one. It's great. Um, another thing that's kind of fallen out of favor, but it's coming back now is like uh, Imperial Aces or Jedi Aces. I kind of grouped them in the same sort of category because they both fly roughly similar. They both have the double reposition. The Jedi in their case is stressless, but the impaces have a better stress clearing dial. And uh, things Correction, like that. Correction, has a better stress clearing dial. Vader does not. 
It's true. Okay, the interceptors, I guess, like CNRE and Soontir have a better stress clearing dial. But Vader's, I mean, Vader, you're, he's the hammer anyways. He's not arc dodging things. So why is he getting trust? I don't know. Afterburners to, uh, onto a rock. I don't know. It's not a legal maneuver. You can't do that. Um, but again, uh, the Actus, just their system phase, barrel roll, one hard. Um, the Aether Space, just the one hard barrel roll. Yep. It's just they're very good at keeping things on target if they get behind them. Like, hopefully you're not flying something like a YV, because that thing is toast. Yep. Also, with the Jedi, you have Sense. Oh, you can put Sense, which I always recommend. Because you aren't going to win every bid unless you have a 20-point bid. <laughs> Even then, you can play the other guy with a 20-point bid, because that happened in a tournament. Aces need time on target in order to actually win games. Unless you just stall the entire time. But uh, that's not honorable. I was going to say, that depends on how you want to play the aces. Yeah. Because we're about to get into it with like trip silences. I know generally all my games, it seems like I have a lot of time on target. But that's also because I like people give me an opening that I can exploit real easily with good time on target. But I will like disengage and all that quite a lot and not have a lot of time on target. But you can have time on target if you need it with the triple silencers, for oh, sure. Because yeah. the two hard focus barrel roll or five straight target lock barrel roll out of range now. Mm-hmm. Or Kyle with extreme maneuvers. Yeah. You know, the control piece ion torpedoes, you're controlling the other opponent's movements, so that's a significant increase in time on target if you know they're going to do a one straight next turn. Triple Silencers aren't doing well on Meta Wing, but they are doing well at tournaments. <laughs> I don't see how that works. I mean, you have people bringing Pattern Analyzer and Proud Tradition on Silencers. <laughs> but my Trick Shot Blackout. I mean, Trick Shot Blackout, you just aren't going to proc it enough. But I see, like, the fun of it. But the new config allows me to walk up to an asteroid and then barrel roll next turn. I see people arguing all the time. Okay. I, <laughs> I mean, prom- yeah, you can, but should you? <laughs> I promise you Blackout's ability is that he's an I-5 silencer. Not that he, like, up- gets a negative one obstruction. Unless he's going against droids. Going against That's droids true. is, like, the only time Blackout has an ability. A-wing swarms, RZ-2 swarms. Not doing really well right now, but if they ever adjust the points on the unique pilots again or people decide to play him again... Their time on target was incredible. That's why they did so well at the beginning when they were first released. Just, I mean, you know, like five straight, like with Lulo, I played Lulo a lot. Just five straight focus rotate backwards. It's just so strong. No one, for some reason, expects the disengage rotate backwards. It's just so, so strong. Android Swarms, again, very strong. Always have been, probably always will be, I guess. Uh, rotating on asteroids, shooting Discord missiles, shooting whatever they want. Not just that, but usually Droid Swarms have a lot of ships. 
Yep. You can't arc dodge a lot. No. You shouldn't be able to arc dodge a lot of ships. Sorry, had to correct myself there. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to arc dodge that many ships that are not actively moving, which is very important. The next one it was doing really well, and I don't know why it's not being played as much as it used to, but like Torkoal Swarms are super good. Like the Seeks with the one hards. They don't have any linked actions or anything, but they have one hards. Torkoal is a multiple arc and just the ability to to threaten that. It's super good. I mean, Torkoal Swarms have been around since at least Worlds 2019. Like the OG one is Torkoal, 3 Kier X, and Seabor. Or was that 4 Kier X? I think it was 3. 3. And it's just a dirty list. It got like all the QRXs have the one hearts. They have like turnarounds. Torkoal has a um, stop and a rotating turret. Yeah. Yep. Now, now you have points for Zam in that list as well. Yep. Until Zam goes up. God, I hope she goes up. <laughs> Same. Well, she's not broken. You can tell because in the Kyber Elimination League, she got on. Banned. The people voted to unban her. I think it's because they kept losing and not having Zam, so they wanted to win. <laughs> I don't know. I just... I love Torkoal. I love Scum doing stupid jank things. Yeah, Torkoal, Torkoal can slide in nicely with a lot of lists, and he just makes... He makes so many lists just so sad. It's not It's, it's not just Aces. It's Whisper's biggest I mean, enemy. That and Paylob. I mean, anything, but... Yeah. Again, but yeah, just, he, just, he messes up a lot of lists. Like, oh, hey, you thought you were I-6? Like, be a shame if you were I-0. The ability to kind of crab walk with the one hearts with that many seeks or self-bump usually is what's causing you to have a lot of time on targets, a bunch of self-bumping, but just... That many shots, obviously you're shooting, you're, you're last because you got your initiative down to zero. It's just that many shots will just wear down something. You know, unless your dice are great. Microwaved them or something so that they roll evades. And the last one I want to mention, because it's dash, a bunch of people are doing well somehow with stupid, stupid dash lifts, and I love it. I hate it and I love it at the same time. So Mark Garberg in the Kyber Elimination Cup was running a Biston dash with Jake in A-Wing Wedge. And he didn't take he, the Ahsoka or the Hera. That's interesting. Hera's banned and Ahsoka was banned. Well, I never mind. That explains everything. Hera was definitely banned. I don't think he had points for Ahsoka with everything else he was doing. Fair enough. You kind of see similar archetypes that are benthic again for some reason, but <laughs> Dude, <I don't... laughs> this is benthic's best ever like life. He's making cuts multiple times in tournaments, multiple different lists. It's not a thing. But Dash's time on target is absurd for large base. I think it's probably the biggest time on target you could have with a large base. Just because of the ability to ignore asteroids 
and the dial being fantastic. One hard, two hard, three hard. Even if you're stressed, asteroid pinball something that stress off. I mean, if you don't have to and worry about variable. stress, it's the best dial in the game with a turret. Because yeah. it's every maneuver, basic maneuver, in yeah. a 4K. Right. And yeah. a large base barrel roll, which is significantly more effective on a rotating turreted ship like the YT-2400 than it is on like the Scimitar, which is cool. And it lets you do things, but it's not a range band defining barrel roll that you can control either range one to get out of it or range three to get out of the shot. Mm-hmm. Especially if you have Kanan on dash, which I still think is better than piston. But I can see why piston is doing really well right now with the number of ships and the ease of access it is to having multiple rerolls with also focus tokens. Yeah, what if you just had Benthic to give him such a focus? <laughs> it's making cuts. Somehow it's making cuts. Ah, oh, man, I love Dash, but not like this. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I think Dash gets a special mention because his ability to control the rain band, range bands for his time on target is bonkers. Especially if you just have like a debris next to you and you just one hard barrel roll every turn. Super fun. But other lists on the meta that don't actually follow many of these patterns, the things we were talking about, is actually the Resistance Faction, which we talked a lot about last episode, obviously. But it's mostly just, they just have four and five ship efficiency jousting lists. So I would argue that five ship list is like the mini swarmy. You just have a lot of firing arcs, so you're going to have time on target. It might not yeah. be with every ship, but you are going to get shots. They're efficient, but it's not like the T-70s have one hards. Yeah. Uh, you know, they don't necessarily have to fly together, so you can spread them out, but you also have like a pod or two, and those can die real fast. Um. But also T seventies, you know, they're not they're not really arc dodging ships. In order to barrel roll, you have to flip the config, and you might lose out on the die. Boosting super good, but all of them are mid to low PS, so it's not nearly as effective. It's a great list; like it's doing well. I mean, it's not going to win a tournament because resistance can't win things, but <laughs> um. It's still like it's still good meta staple, and it just doesn't really have any of these qualities of time on target. I mean, they still can get it. It's just not nearly as uh, efficient as most of the other lists out there. And also, um, other lists that you're kind of seeing, like anything with uh, heavy bombing. I mean, a lot of the like uh, tie bombers. Are doing, um, they're doing work. Quad K wing can still be a thing. They have the slamming. I mean, they can't shoot after that, so your time on target's not very effective. But it doesn't matter when you just drop proxy mines on people or just enough bombs that eventually people will hit things. And Sabine. And then um, a couple other ships, a couple other lists out there. It's just 
what I call just really random scum jank, where you just cobble together random scum pieces and just make it into a list. It's not terribly cohesive. Typically involving Dengar. I was going to say, a lot of these are going to have like a turret, because Dengar, I mean, it depends on what Dengar (laughs) is. If it's Protorp Dengar, then he's going to have the arc to the side. Uh, Bass gets thrown on quite a few of these scum janks. Yeah, I mean, he has the 180 degree arc, so that's good, but also they're really easy to get behind and once you do that you're 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 done because mm-hmm. you just have to three hard with them until you're able to get back and just hope your other ships are just getting in the way enough that your opponent decides not to shoot at them i mean generally if you get behind boss you shouldn't shoot at him yeah he's out of the game <laughs> um but uh like you know uh kanan Super great piece, right? Definitely called it. Absolutely love him. His time on targets, not particularly amazing. I mean, he's got a rotating turret, which is fun, but he doesn't have the front arc because you're not typically putting the title on him. So it is just a single firing arc turret, and you don't generally want to load him up, um, at least in my experience. Although in my experience, he never dies, but still... <laughs> He he should die. Um, I don't believe you. <laughs> I mean, like Fang Fighters, they have the blue two hards, right? They have one hards. But it's a little bit different because they kind of have to be at range one. So if they're not at range one, they, they're they not amazing pieces. I mean, they only got four hole. That's terrifying. Like, how many times Fen Rao will just pop from a range three errant shot out of nowhere. And that's not quite a significant piece of your list. But, you, you know, you put in a lot of different scum jank. You got Dengar or like a Tarani and Just Arrow or something or get Mood Key, Kanan, all that kind of stuff that doesn't really fit any of those archetypes. And but occasionally they do make cut and people go, wow, that's cool. And then they never see them again. So you guys have any other uh, thoughts on the importance of time on target? Besides that, it's incredibly important. Everyone should consider it when list building. I do not. I'm solid. Yeah, cool. I hope people realize that. Time on target's super important to making cut, and they can see it in a lot of the lists going through. So, I mean, time on target's really good for most lists. Aces being the exception, I would say. More well, that than is how like, they win. Like, aces win more by not getting shot than taking shots. Properly flown aces. Sorry. <laughs> not... Well, people joust aces. with aces all the time, man. I see it. I know, and they win. Yeah. And it makes me upset <laughs> right. because now you have, uh, what is it, confirmation bias? Perfect. Like, I won, so therefore I was right. No, that's <laughs> not true. Speaking of winning when it's not right, let's talk about Vader Defender. <sighs> uh, you guys have significantly more... Um, practice and uh, both with and against than i do so you guys should probably take over the discussion much more than me 
I've flown them five times now, the same list, and I only lost one game, and that was my very first game with them. What list have you flown? Uh, Vader with two Foresight Inquisitors, and I will die on the hill that that is the best Vader Defender list. I will give a shout out to Fifth Brother and Seventh Sister, which also fits, even if <laughs> yeah, everybody's naked. Yeah. yeah, I think that one's also good. I just, I know the bid's not crazy with the Foresight Inquisitors. It's just a five-point bid, but better than nothing. But yeah, I think I think Fifth Brother and Seventh Sister is also really good just because of their ability in general. Hey, Matt. Yeah. I want you to know a five-point bid is a bigger bid than I've ever had in 2.0 no, no wait it's the second largest bid the very first tournament pax unplugged that an eight point bid nice well that's because you're flying red line and that was, was super imperative to have advanced sensors red advanced, line it was advanced sensors red line and advanced sensors wexler yeah oh nice advanced sensors wexler so you can boost then 4k off the board i did do that Against you, because yep. why else would I go to Philly besides to play against yeah. a local? I go to Philadelphia to play Cody in the first round of an elimination tournament. That's fun. Yeah, sounds fun. You couldn't have done that at home at all or anything. No, no. I'll play Cody. But who would have thought that evade focus makes a ship really, really tanky? And what if you had passive offensive mods to go with it? That could modify yeah. both blanks and focus results. Yeah that regenerates every round yeah and i think the, the thing the thing with that like even if you burn all your force down in one attack like for whatever reason like two two focuses and a blank and you use all three force like darth vader's got a five straight he's going to get an evade and he can boost so he you know he can disengage at will and just be like i'm just going to spend a couple turns recovering force and then come back in like it's just it's kind of hard to catch up to a, a defender like that especially if they have the ability like the threat of 4k back in on you or yeah. you don't even have to disengage you could just keep engaging because you still have advanced optics every turn i mean you can always spend the focus offensively too if you're not getting shot at so I have gotten into the habit of taking a lot of target locks with my Vader. Because, like Matt, I played a lot of Vader into Foresight Inquisitors. I've also played Vader in, like, Fifth Brother and Seventh Sister because Kyber Elimination and Inquisitors and Foresight were banned. And the target lock, I think you have, like, a 99.86% chance of three hits. As opposed to only like an 89% chance of three hits with just the force. Cody, if it means anything, Matt like got one or two hits with Vader like three times against me when I played him. Yeah. (laughs) It was great. That was not a good demonstration of Vader's ability in that game. Like, although he did not die. Yeah. So that was nice. That's, yeah. Like, but with the evade and focus, Vader will stick around for a long, long time. And he doesn't have the issue that the other defenders have, which is if you're being really tanky, you can't do damage. Do you think there's merit to bringing any other ship that's not a V1 with Vader list? I've, I've, I've talked to a buddy and he he likes having two Tempests with FCS. And I, it's not, I don't necessarily... The V wins just 
they're, they're way more tanky. Yeah, no, they'll stick around a lot better than the advanced X1s. Like, I see the merit. Like, you get a nine-point bid. They both have FCS. And, like, you know, I like flying the advanced X1. But the V1s just having the ability to boost barrel roll focus or, hey, I've got a force. I can evade. Oh, you've, you're in my bullseye. I'm going to spend a force to force at you. I roll hit focus. There's two two hits. Like, just... I think the threat, the Inquisitors are a bigger threat than the Tempest. So I think the biggest thing is Vader is just one three die gun for 115 points. You can put HLC on him. Now he's a four die gun, maybe if you like line up the bullseye, but now you're barrel rolling and boosting and ruining your positioning a lot of times to do that. But. So if you have a, his wingmates are easily killed, you just ignore Vader and kill his wingmates. And now you have basically your entire list against Vader. And Vader is going to work best if he can flank or bait. And because if he's trying to joust, he's going to get blocked. And he's less, it's less Bad, but also much worse if he gets blocked because an evade every turn is a shield upgrade every turn. And that's nine points on a defender. So you can't even put shield upgrade on a defender because the playtesting works and there's no mod slots. Oh my gosh, if you could have stealth device on a defender. <laughs> One of our buddies did that math. That's very scary. Oh, there's like, yeah, just, yeah, there's a good thing they don't have the mod slot. Could you imagine like 4K into a free afterburners? <laughs> Please don't. I mean, oh. yeah. No. What I like a lot about Vader Defender is that he's one of the few ships in the current meta right now that can do a consistent amount of damage while also having a really high survivability. Because a lot of things, you know, well, it's not like technically spike damage, but you get you're going to get four hits if you're in range one, and that's enough to punch through a lot of things. But also survivable, and you're not really seeing that a lot in the meta. Because mm-hmm. you know, Ray hits like a truck, but she also burns down really fast, and that's kind of the drawback. Vader hits like a truck, and let's make a stealth device on Ray. <sighs> we gave that a shout out in the last episode for you, Cody. So when it comes to Defender Vader, I do think with a lower ship met count meta, like right now it's hovering about four, four and a half, I think. If it drops to under four, he's going to be significantly better because he is definitely one of those ships that the fewer shots he takes a turn, the better he is. Just because he gets into the evade, he has the focus, like... Defenders are really good if they're only taking like one or two shots around because they aren't going to take damage. Eight two die shots will actually do some damage to Vader. Why Vader is getting shot at by eight ships? That's on you, man. One hundred percent. Like that's what I was talking about. Like he's either good flanking or baiting. Like if you're just straight jousting, believe it or not, your ship's going to take damage. Unless you roll godlike. Which is also why I think the Inquisitors are one of the best, because same thing. Like the they're gonna do poke damage. If they focus them, they can reposition, get a token, like bait as well. Or 
if they get behind, you're going to proc foresights more, and you're going to be like uncontested shooting. And the nice thing about the Inquisitors, if they are getting a lot of shots, you can turtle up with just taking the evade token and having the force for defense. Mm-hmm. That was my last game was a couple of days ago, and I had Vader. I saw, I saw you commit a crime on stream during that game. <laughs> was it because I blocked hair and then murdered her with Vader? Yeah, you did. That was <laughs> it. Was it was lovely to see? I was watching that at work while I was working. That was it. Was beautiful. Oh yeah. Also, the Inquisitors really good at blocking. Is it because they have one hard and they have the ability to barrel roll and also get a focus? Yeah, you, you can one hard barrel roll focus and then one hard barrel roll focus again next round. Yep. It's like they have a I, high time on target. I was able to block Fen Rao and then I did a two K with Vader. That's the first time I've ever done a two K on a defender. It's the first time I've ever done a two K on a defender because I'm like, I'm not getting shot this round, and I just killed Fen Rao with just natty dice, and of course I'm Darth Vader, so I have the force. So Yeah. Is there any room for a two ship list with Vader? Yeah, I think the best two ship list with um Vader. Like Vader Suntir? Uh Suntir, you can do Sienna and in- oh no, it's not two shipping list anymore. Uh Whisper, Red Lion are probably the two or three biggest with Suntir. Because you can yeah, do like three. a lone wolf fifth brother self device whisper and still have a couple of points left over. You could do like a Juke Rexler for I think exactly two hundred points if you're really into that. But I mean Lone Wolf is probably better at that point. Save you a couple points. You can do supernatural grand inquisitor. <laughs> um, you can do you something really janky with rack because I think you have like nine points or whatever left over <laughs> if mm-hmm. you're really really feeling 1.0 um, but yeah I was looking at maybe having just like this huge alpha spike with red line you have a lot of points for uh, like protorps and all that kind of stuff but also red line super dies really fast yeah, that's why, like, the problem with red line is I don't know if you can trade up when, like, your opponent's going to. I can't say he's going to. Your <laughs> opponent should focus on red line. Yeah, you have advanced sensors, but you, you're still, like, not the most maneuverable ship. No, we know your opponent's just going to turn all their ships in on Vader in order to surprise catch him and shoot at him multiple times with multiple arcs and not do anything. Yeah, through a gas cloud. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I have a straight joust. With, like, a, a rack. Uh, I think I'm going to not burn down rack and just try to catch Vader, who's still behind a gas cloud. Of course. I don't know. I'm not sure right now if something like Whisper Vader can do well. But maybe in the future, if ship count goes down again, that might be an interesting combination to look at. People have been flying uh, Vader Echo to some measure of success but I'm, I'm just honestly not a fan of vader and just one other ship it's just i just it makes me uncomfortable i don't like flying on the razor's edge that much because if you bring soon like you know we've all been there with soon like you know range three obstructed focus evade oh. and just blank out matt would you say when you have the two inquisitors isn't uh, don't those behave as one though generally like i guess they take up a little bit more board space 
But when I'm flying them, I usually keep the two Inquisitors next to each other so they can support each other. Yeah, I generally try to keep them like where they'll have like wide arcs. Like I'll bring one around the gas cloud on the right and I'll bring one around an obstacle on the left and kind of like be able to like have this cone of anywhere you go, these guys are going to shoot you. And then Vader's just kind of bringing up the rear kind of like, you know, react to, you know, he's I-6, I do whatever I want and I can react to what the list, uh, the opposing list is doing. Also, you can fit three barons. I don't know if three barons is better than two foresight inquisitors. I haven't been able to try it, but I do think a four ship tanky, uh, four tanky ships with Defender Vader is probably a solid list itself. Yeah. Why ring three barons when you could bring everyone's favorite ship, the TIE Aggressor, with dorsal turrets, three of them? (laughs) I'm going to pretend you never said that. (laughs) It's a lot of arcs. They can't possibly dodge them all. You can dodge them all by just killing the aggressors. Probably one rounding them. <laughs> just an aggressor a turn is fine. They're not called aggressors because they're good on defense, right? Yeah. No, I just, uh, it seems pretty interesting just the, how everyone is just, I mean, I, I, I can see why everyone's on V1, but it just seems like everyone's on the V1 trains for these kinds of things. It's not just because they have amazing time on target. They're also really tanky, as we were just talking about. And they can do poke damage. Yeah, those things can like live on one hall for five turns too many. And like like Cody was saying, like they're good blockers too. So like if it's alive one round longer than it needed to be, like I won my game because he focused fire on if he rolled nine dice at my tap and didn't do any damage to it like on one hole and so next turn he was able to block fen rao and vader was just like oh hey you're blocked and you're dead and if that tap had lived had that tap had died it would have gave fen rao posi- uh, room to position to try to get shots on on vader and you know just being able to just stick around longer the potential chance for two hits uh, during the activation phase. It's just, it's all really nice. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if there's any space for like, maybe like triple named TIE fighters with Vader. Maybe like a Del Mico, you do get defensive rerolls or getting or something. I'm not sure it'll be particularly great. I'm just throwing out other options. You can have a list building to consider. So you could do um, two named and a generic or like Three named if one, two of them was like one's Valen Mudor and one's uh, Night Beast or something. You could do like Gideon, Delmico, and Night Beast, I guess, if you're really going for that. I mean, you can do you can do Aiden into Academy Pilots. Yeah, not saying That's, it's particularly I, amazing. I, why would you do Aiden into Academies? I I don't know why. I'm just I was just seeing what would fit with Aiden in there and oh, just two go Academy with Lore and do Mauler. I'm just, I was just, you know, TIE fighters are a little underrepresented right now, and they're always, they're strong. I mean, I think Del Migo is kind of interesting. Gideon Hask is kind of interesting with someone not putting as much damage as that. Yeah, you can do Gideon, Del, and Night Beast, and then Vader's, like, holding things, so you get the re-rolls, Gideon gets the third die, Night Mm -hmm. Beast is double-mounted on defense. Right. I just not saying it's going to rock the meta world i'm just saying it 
there's some sort of design space in there. You don't you don't bring uh, Gideon. You bring Night Beast, Delmico, and Wampa. But Gideon gets the three die. And so does Wampa. I guess. If, if you're shooting at uh, Wampa, then you're probably making the right call and not shooting at Vader. Not yet. I mean, you you could just do Delmico and two Barons. Okay, that that fits. That might be some something interesting right there. Just throwing that out there. You get defensive rerolls now. Yeah. Empire. Well, that's the thing. They got a lot of options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are wrong Vader builds, but <laughs> is any upgrade on Vader doing it wrong? I yes. mean, I yeah, I'd see, I can see a case for hate, but I'm I'm not putting hate on Vader. Like I understand why someone would want to, but I'm not going to do it. Like, but you can't spend it for defense. So like the whole, I only bring in hate because I'm jousting things, and then that gets wonky. Yeah, like I said, like I said, I understand, but I'm not going to do I it. I mean, I could see sense, but that's not really going to affect other parts of my list, and I can only do it in range one. Yes, zero to one. So the only thing, if HLC was four points, maybe, and Magpulse warheads are severely underrated. I do love Magpulse. I wouldn't put them on Vader, but I'd put it on a bunch of other ships. Vonrag is great with Magpulse missiles. He sure is. <sighs> Poor Bosk. There goes his reinforce. Because Vonrag put a hit into him. You can do um, Vader and you can load up a couple of the generic brutes as well. Those guys are not seeing any play right now. They're actually a lot better than I think people perceive them to be. Maybe not against multiple ships right now because one agility is a little bit rough. But um, I think to conclude, I think we all agree that V1s are probably the best with them just because they're tanky and survivable. Three ship lists I would prefer over two ship lists with Vader. Naked Vader, I believe, is the better way of going. And then definitely I'd prefer uh, tanky ships over offensive ships. Cody, mad. Why are people losing with Defender Vader? Why do they think he's trash? Because they're straight jousting with him. Yeah, and I think the 115 point price point, people see that and they just automatically think he's bad. But here's the thing: it's only going to get worse if he gets cheaper. Like you'll be able to put more, you'll be able to put more toys on other efficient pieces in the list if he goes down anymore. Like I don't, I don't want to see Vader at a hundred points. Like, like I thought he was going to be a hundred points when he dropped, and like now I'm like, okay, he should stay at one fifteen, because that's just fifteen points of like upgrade you can put. Like those three barons that we just were talking about, they all get prockets now. Yep. If Vader becomes a hundred points, if he becomes a hundred points, like yeah, you get the three prockets on the barons, or like what else? I don't even want to think about. You yeah. Can do. <laughs> Both. That was just the first thing that came to my mind with what we were talking about. You can't quite do three sixes with Vader. It's two points over then. Yeah, unless Sienna goes down two points. Do we have any controversial Vader takes? Or are we done? I, I mean, I think he's a B plus, A minus ship. Some people just think he's like C minus or D or F and it's just like, no. Or think he's trash. Like, you still have to play him well. It's not going to 
be just a regular efficient piece. Um, also, sometimes, guys, one banks are really good. You can arc dodge with a one bank and take the evade. God, they it's never see. They never see the one bank coming. Oh, I love, I love doing the one bank, and then they're like, "Oh man, I forgot you guys had that." I'm like, I thought I, I, I prepared for you to do the four K. Why don't you do the four K? That's all they ever do. Yeah, which I mean, that I think that you can find a decent-ish defender player. You can find them when they don't always do the three. Like I'm always, I'm always thinking like, okay, what are the three speeds or higher I can do? But then also, I always leave an option open for the one bank. Yep. Have you ever done a two bank with a defender though? I don't think I've ever done a two bank with a defender. <laughs> I've done one, one bank or three bank. I've done a two straight once or twice. I've done 2K a couple of times. Yeah, I've done, I've done two straight before too. Yeah, no, sometimes it's like, oh, hey, if, if my ship bumps this guy here, I do a three straight, I bump right into him, but I do a two straight, I get a range one shot. Mm-hmm. I have done the one hard a lot of times, especially when I had advanced senses. Man, you never see that coming. Nope. I do want to give a shout out because I wasn't here last week. You can fit a five ship ray list. So you have Finn with heroic, Rose Tico, Meryl, a BB Blue, and Ray. And you have two points for either the title or FTC. Boom. That's a lot of jousting power. How uh, You played that list, what, once or twice? Uh, so far, just once. And you just wrecked this poor, poor soul. Yeah, he flew four ship uh, FO. And I got the successful... Uh, Blocked all four of his ships in the same round, including having Murrow do a double block with a double bullseye. Got it. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at thebestfinbenchwarmers at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitch, Twitter at MIBestwarmers, MIBenchwarmers, sorry. Uh, we have a Facebook group now, Reddit, I guess. All that kind of shenanigans. Well, bye, everyone. Thanks for uh, listening. Take care. Bye-bye.